named the tracks Anne and Husman. So not Adriana. <laughs> so <laughs> the microphones are not gonna handle us. Okay, so welcome Adriana. Thank I'm you. so happy you're here. I'm definitely not cutting anything out from the beginning. <laughs> Actually, I forgot I have to make people sign a little waiver. Yeah. You know? Now that I see you, I know I need a waiver. Mm -hmm. No, I usually like to start by saying hi. Thank you for your time, for being here. And I know a lot of hot, uh, podcast hosts usually introduce their guests, but I like to give my guests the chance to introduce themselves. And, you know, just tell me whatever you want to, what you would tell a stranger. And usually when I say that, people are like, oh, I wouldn't tell a stranger a lot, but... I knew you would, so <laughs> I didn't want to change it just yet. So first of all, that is especially funny because during the Thanksgiving break, I went on a trip with my friend to upstate New York, a little Airbnb, and along the way, we kept interacting with strangers, and I would chat with them and chat with them, and my friend was like, Adriana, you're so chatty. Like, I, I can't fathom it. Like, if I were a stranger, I would have no patience for you. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, first of all, how dare you? And, like, later on, I was like, actually, that kind of hurt my feelings. And she's like, no, I meant because, like, I'm grumpy and, like, you're just very outgoing. It's totally fine. I was like, okay. Um, <clears throat> anyway, I am Adriana Piantadozzi. I am an Ada Comstock scholar in my senior year at Smith College. I am a film and media studies major. Um, on campus, I'm also heavily involved in the theater department and I love doing creative things like writing and directing and acting and I really love singing. Um, I was originally thinking about possibly being a music major when I came here but I also started under like full pandemic mode and uh, in my bedroom I was thinking that singing opera in my <laughs> rented room might depress me more than I mean like don't get me wrong I love singing but also like being alone and being like hello pianist on zoom how is that how is how, how are the sound levels for you they're like oh we can't hear anything it's great um yeah so I'm rambling but basically Ada Comstock scholar um from this area from the Northampton area moved here when I was a youth so I've been here for a while went to Holyoke Community College graduated from there in 2015 and uh worked for a number of years and then decided it was a good time to come back to school and then the pandemic hit and it was still a good time to come back to school <laughs> because I met some very wonderful people like you so I'm happy to be here. Yes that, that is really cool because I was about to ask what happened in the years between you graduated from community college and then decided to go to Smith. I yeah. love that you were like this is a great time now and <laughs> <laughs> let's go to school and there's a pandemic ha yeah. happening but there was probably like a moment where you were like no let me go back to school and because you're from the area mm -hmm. was Smith always the one option that you looked at or were you also considering other schools were you not considering Smith at all mm -hmm. like what made you come over here I feel like I had thought about Smith actually it's funny when I was 18 or 19 years old I audited a history of opera class here uh, before I ever thought about coming to the school I I was a high school dropout I had really severe anxiety and depression growing up and I just like could not function in a school setting I was in public school and when I was well I would do very well I would get straight A's but when I was depressed I would have like horrific insomnia and I couldn't sleep and I couldn't function and I couldn't handle I just couldn't handle like being a human being like out in the world um and so as soon as I could legally drop out of school when I was 16 I did do that and then I spent like another year just sort of like staying home, being depressed, not knowing what I wanted to do. And um, and I had heard about this homeschooling center called North Star, which is 
it was at the time based out of Hadley. They've moved since to Sunderland um, in Western Mass. Um, and I had checked it out a year prior, but hadn't considered attending because I just like literally was still too dysfunctional at the time. And then finally I reached a point where I was like, I think I do need to be doing something. So like, let me try this. And after that, I did that for two years. Just like it was a chance to like take classes, socialize, but not have to do any homework, not have to like do anything that I wasn't interested in doing. And it was like a very gentle way to sort of like reintegrate myself into society, essentially. So after that, my God, I can hear my breathing and it's <laughs> so much. I'm like, oh, my God, am I this breathy all the time? Anyway. No, no, no. I get that. I had that in the first time. I was I was like, damn, I, I never take a breath. And if I do, I hear myself like, <gasps> yeah, OK. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, so I went to North Star and um, then I got my GED. Then I went to community college um, and actually specifically Holyoke Community College had a program that was like a transition program for students that was free. It was called the adult basic education transition to college and careers course and it was like a semester long course um taught by a really wonderful professor at the time amy loisel who actually i think is getting her grad degree at smith either right now or just recently got it um but she was great and the people that i worked with were great and they really helped me figure out how to like realistically approach going to college um especially as somebody who didn't have a traditional um upbringing through public school because I had dropped out. Um, and so then I went to HCC, did liberal arts, um, was sort of just like general. I like was afraid to narrow down. I was like, there are yeah. too many things that I love and like, how am I supposed to pick something? And like, this is supposed to impact the next chapter of my life and set me down a path. But like, how do I, how do I choose? Um, and ultimately with liberal arts, it was great because I was able to focus largely on some psychology, some sociology, some creative writing, and, and a fair bit of music. And then in, on top of that, I did a lot in the theater department, and I'm still really close to folks, um, either students and professors from there. Um, in fact, I just sent you the the uh, mm -hmm. poster for I'm the excited. show. I'm excited. I know when Adriana and I went to a show last winter, I think we saw... Um I actually am I totally blanking. can't remember the name, but yeah. we went and we saw it together and it was good. Oh, Jesus Hopped the A-Train, yes. which is an amazing show. And I was so, I mean, I come from a community college myself, but for some reason after being on in the Smith bubble for a while, going to that community college and seeing theater mm -hmm. done by community college students, I was so inspired. And I was yeah. like, oh, I love them. This is so amazing. Mm -hmm. And it just has a different feel to it than seeing seeing stuff at Smith, it's just a different environment mm. and different people. Totally. So I really liked it, so I'm so excited to go. That's really cool. Yay, good. I also um, relate so much to what you were just saying about liberal arts colleges mm -hmm. and not wanting to narrow down what you want to do because mm -hmm. where, I, where I grew up and the people who I went to school with, it was very clear for a lot of people you it was either their parents telling them or it was themselves thinking that they have to go into medicine law i think engineering or right. and a fourth thing mm -hmm. just to make money and to like you know do this kind of thing in life and me always wanting to do acting was like everybody was like a little rolling their eyes like right. what, what is she doing <laughs> so coming to the school <laughs> right and i was like yeah they they're still rolling their no eyes. but no 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 <laughs> Um, so when I, that was one of the really big reasons for me to ever consider college mm -hmm. if it was in the U.S. because right. I really appreciate the system 
I mean, there's a lot to say about the educational system in the mm-hmm. US, but there's one part that I already noticed when I was in high school in Las Vegas was that you have so many options to choose from and people are really um, willing to push you in your skills and your talents and to go a little, you know, go a little bit deeper. You don't only can do acting, you can also go into costume design and everything. That was just right. a horizon that I didn't have in Germany because it wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So I can relate to that. That's really cool. But enough about me and back to you. No, no, it can be a conversation. No, no, no. I, I hear that. But um, so they were they were helping you at the community college to transition and then were they also like helping you to look further to continue your education after community college yeah my a lot of my peers were very supportive and encouraging especially because community college there was such a wide range of ages so like younger folks folks my age and older folks were like you should go on and then i also had professors and support staff that were like you should think about transferring and there were that was when Smith came up in conversation. I had thought about Smith before, but never really thought about it for myself. I was like, not to be cocky, but I was like, I think I could get in. But I'm like, how would I ever afford it? Mm-hmm. And so, and I was like, and I think I could probably get a good scholarship, but like, I don't even know what navigating that would look like. And honestly, after HCC, I really loved my education there, but I was also just tired of being a student because like when I'm in school, I like dive headfirst in. I'm like, I'm taking the classes. I'm doing the readings. I'm engaging in conversations. Like, let's go, let's go, let's no, go. No, you let's do it all, 100%. Right. Thank you, thank you. But yeah. so it's like afterwards, I'm like, I need to like go lie down on a beach for a month or a year or, or something. Two. Or, or even just yeah. work where at the end of the day you clock out and then you're not expected to do all this extra work and then come in, you know, like yeah. depending on the work you're doing, obviously. Um, but so, yeah, there was there was a lot of support in place. But at that point, I was like, y'all, I just, A, I need a break from school, and B, I need to make money and stay alive and, like, support myself and support my family. Um, so um, while I was at HCC, I was also working part-time, like, in a sandwich shop in town. And after that, I um, ended up moving, still in Western Mass, but I was in Springfield for a while, and I transferred to a different sandwich shop. It was, the, I, I can't say, I'm not going to say... <laughs> who it was because it was miserable. <laughs> I think that's why you should say. I've told you the story, right? Like, the, okay, there was like a grill unit, so you could grill some of the sandwiches. And when I was <laughs> I first working already. there, no, when I was first working there, I would like they would train me, and it was very fast paced. And I'm like very friendly. I'm outgoing. I'm capable, but I'm just like I can't be go 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 in that way. And so no, I just you like, want a little chit chat. You're gonna be like, what do you want on your sandwich? Yeah, that's a great choice. You know I mean? da, 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 yeah, yeah, totally. And, and also just like all the staff were so miserable, you know? And so like, I would just, I would just like look at that grill unit and it was like one of those big ones too. And I would just dream of just going <laughs> and throwing myself on it. And I'm like, I wasn't depressed at the time, but I was so sad in that job that every time I would go there, I'd be like, mm, you know, just, so it was a little, it was a little dark, but um, it helped pay some bills at the time. <laughs> And then I ended up working part-time also at... (laughs) I'm just laughing because we're talking about transferring from a community college to a four-year school. And then you're talking about transferring sandwich shops. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, How was the sandwich shop in Springfield? Was it any better? It was... No. (laughs) I will say some of the people that worked there were, like, more chill. But it was not better. It was, like, the same company. And it was, like, the... 
So like, and the, the supervisors and the managers were just like either angry and miserable or on a power trip. And so, and I'm like, y'all, this is sandwiches. You need to chill out. But I think part of it was like knowing that you were working with low income folks that needed the work and being like, well, you're not going to complain if I call you in for extra time, like fuck you and your kids. Like, I know you got to go pick them up, but like you need this job. And it was pretty upsetting. That's horrible. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't, that wasn't always the case, but that was definitely, there was like one story. I wasn't around for this. We're getting off topic, but no, now, I love now it. I'm in it. That's what we're here for. Um, there was this one time where somebody, they told me this story. So I wasn't, again, I wasn't there for it, but like somebody accidentally cut their hand really badly. One of the staff, um, while they were making a sandwich, like slicing open some of the bread. And it was bad enough that like the manager, like the, the, like the manager of the whole of, um, of like that whole part of the franchise was called in. And she was like, oh, no. And they, like, didn't want her to go to the hospital. They were like, listen, just, like, tape it up. You're fine. And it's like, she is bleeding profusely. Y'all need to handle this. It was a whole thing. Also, instead of, like, calling, I don't know, an ambulance or bringing a person to an emergency room, you're calling the franchise manager. manager. Yeah. No, it was bad. That's amazing. I mean... What? Yeah. No, it was a time. But uh, yeah. But so then I also ended up working part time there and part time at Staples. And then I was like, I need to I need to get out of this. Like Staples was honestly like my loved my supervisor there. I worked in the copy and print center and like my manager was a real one. She was overworking herself to death. But like she was so sweet and caring. <laughs> Sorry. But how do you overwork yourself like printing and because just, she took she a lot just of hours took too many hours okay, and like okay. she didn't have enough support that was from a her silly supervisor yeah. no but you know no i was like what is she printing this but lady it would be the thing, but and the thing is like people get intense at the copy and print center at staples <laughs> i don't I know saying. if you know no have i told you the story about the prayer circle that happened at the, at the copy <laughs> no, and no, print no. center you gotta tell us all tell okay. us so um there was this woman that came in she wanted to print some programs i was either for a funeral service or it was like some sort of memorial something or other and she came in to pick up her order and she and we had all the all of them printed and folded and she was like oh my god i realized i like put something down wrong on here like and but the but the service is like right is like in a couple of hours and i'm like i'm so sorry we don't have time to do any reprinting um and like you approved the proof so like you would have to do an out of pocket expense to to redo this and she was like i just like i don't know if it's good enough and i was like you know sometimes you just have to let go and let god and she's like oh you're a believer and i was like oh um she's like w-. and then she like and then somebody walked up to the desk and he was like ah oh, mary i don't remember her name he's like oh mary how are you doing and she's like oh you know i'm having a tough time but i'm doing it and then she like looked at us both and she's like would y'all pray with me right now and i was like oh <laughs> okay so like like i'm behind the desk those two are on the other side of the desk and we all just like take hands and we're like praying over these programs um and like it all worked out she was fine but it was just like i think you know sometimes you just you just gotta hear from a stranger to let go and let god and see what that oh what that does you can't see my face right now but i'm shocked <laughs> i don't even know what i think is worse that she's so stressed over like a misprinting i mean i don't know what she misprinted if that was it a wasn't funeral even, it thing wasn't and she even printed a typo the... it was like mm. i think something was just phrased in a way that she oh. was not sure about it and okay. i think it was just like that that anxiety like something is emotionally going on and then you uh, fixate yeah. on something and i was like girl you just gotta like let it go and let go and she was like oh oh thank you let's pray and oh, i was like no, okay no. i don't know i don't i don't yeah that's not for me but <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, that's. I bet, man. You get the, 
you get the best stories out of printer shops, sandwich shops. Yeah. But I feel like everywhere you go, Adriana, you have like the singer about you that just you connect to funny crazy stories and all the best positive way when i see like <laughs> running around campus i know oh there's trouble you know there's, there's just something happening right there oh my which goodness. is good which is a good thing you know yeah. life doesn't get boring Thank but you. that comes back to you always being 150 percent into your classes mm. and then you know uh yeah. feeling overwhelmed also but that's actually not where we stopped yeah so you were at Staples mm -hmm. and at the sandwich shop. Yes. What was the moment there where you were like, I got to go. Just everything you just described was the moment you were yeah. like, OK, this I mean, is too much. Just, or I think it was just the accumulation. And it was a couple of months after graduation. And I was like, I know that I'm not ready for um, to go back to school, but mm -hmm. I'm also like not fulfilled in this work. And it's also just like it's kind of backbreaking work doing retail or food service where you're on your feet all the time. You're getting paid minimum wage. You're not being valued or appreciated. I remember, like, I had a boss who was like, you're doing a great job. You're, you're cleaning out that freezer. So the walk-in <laughs> freezer, like, I was on my hands and knees, like, scraping up turkey goop. Like, just, Ooh. like, it was gross. But I was doing good work because, like, I was like, I'm here. I'm here to do the work. Like, let's go. And she was like, huh? Like, let's talk about a raise soon. And I was like, okay, like, when, though? And she's like, yeah, soon. <laughs> and I was like, girl, never. when? Yeah, exactly. It was the never of it all. Yeah. And so I was like, I got to get out of here. And... <clears throat> Here's the thing. Nepotism works because I went to my friend's Christmas caroling party because I know somebody who is quaint enough to have a Christmas caroling party. And her my is a dear friend of mine that I've known for like a decade. And her mother came home from work and she was like, oh, I need a drink. I had two people uh, put in their notice today, like one of our doctors and one of our clinical staff and da, 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 da. And I was like, well, I mean, if you're looking for employees and she was like, no, yeah, I am. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, and she was like, yeah, yeah, send a resume to my office. And I was like, really? As a doctor? I know. No, no. <laughs> yes, because I'm qualified after all my sandwich experience. I'm, yeah, precision Dissecting. with a knife. Yeah, yes. exactly. No, and um, she was looking for, like, administrative support. And she was like, no, really? Like, yeah, sure. And I was like, okay. So I <laughs> I followed up the, the next day or within a couple of days with both her and I think my friend, too. And be like, is this, like, is this all right? Like, especially because my friend... You know, I didn't want to put her in a weird position. Like, if I didn't get hired, like, I would accept it and whatever. But, like... If you're a bad worker and right, she has exactly. to fire you. <laughs> Which is obviously a joke. Remind since... me to come back around to that, though, because yeah. that makes, makes me think of something else. But, no, my friend... <laughs> I my... love this story. <laughs> but, so, my friend was, like, honestly, Adriana, like, of all the friends that I have, like, you are one of the few people that I feel like it doesn't freak me out. Because I feel like you are responsible enough and, like, understanding enough that, like... However it goes, it'll be fine. And I was like, thank you so much. So I applied. I got my references in, whatever, whatever. They hired me to work in front office. And then very quickly, they were also like, hmm, like, would you be interested in getting trained to be a TMS technician? And I was like, tell me more. Um, TMS is transcranial magnetic stimulation. Oh. It is a non-drug treatment for depression. Mm. It works. There's, um, it's Now it's been FDA approved for like I want to say, I mean, you're going to have to fact check me on this, but I want to say like almost two decades. Like it's pretty, still pretty new. And like, I think when I was there, we were definitely still like fighting with insurance companies to get it covered. Mm -hmm. But basically there's um, a couple of different companies that have um, made machines that basically you sit the patient down in a chair, you map their brain out, and then you figure out where to place this um, this piece of equipment that then sends electromagnetic pulses to like a targeted part of the brain to try to like stimulate neural pathways that 
have been subdued by depression, essentially. Mm-hmm. And this is sort of a last resort because it's not like electroconvulsive therapy. It's not as invasive as that or um, it doesn't have as many side effects as that. But it's still something where it's like you've tried talk therapy. You've been on all the antidepressants known to man. Like you're still suffering. Like what can we do? And this treatment was like usually the course of treatment that we would do was like multiple weeks, like four to five times a di- like four to five times in the week and like at least half an hour or an hour sitting in the chair and it's not pleasant like you sit there and it sounds like a woodpecker is like p- stabbing at your brain like oh yeah but um for some people it was really effective and so i got training to do that to work with those patients and i honestly really loved it like um it felt really rewarding and it was not just because it was cool to learn more about the science of that and to you know become a technician that could do that work but because like you got to develop relationships with the clients and got to like be there rooting for them. And honestly, I have a real bone to pick with other offices um, that I've seen that don't do that. I have somebody in my family who ended up seeking TMS treatment at a different office. Um, And they like set this person up with an iPad and they're like, all right, you've got this thing on your head, like just, you know, watch some Mm. TV or whatever. And like, you know, I think there are other issues at play, but the the treatment wasn't effective for this person at all. And, um, And it could be, like, there's a number of factors, but I do think that, like, part of what made it so impactful for the clients that I was working with and for myself as a technician was, like, being there rooting for them and, like, sitting with them and actually, like, paying attention to them. It wasn't that I was just there to make sure that the equipment was working. Like, I was there primarily for that, but I was also there to be a supportive person and, like, a supportive, like, medical practitioner that was, like, you know, caring about them and wanting them to do well and... Like, if some people had social anxiety and didn't want to talk, it's like, we don't have to talk. But if you do want to talk, like, I'm here for you. Mm. Um, and, like, sometimes it, was, like, it wasn't, like, getting into deep stuff necessarily. But just, like, somebody that's like, oh, I'm happy to see you again today. Like, how are you doing? And yeah. that kind of thing. And I think it makes such a difference. Um, so I really love that work. But ultimately, at the time, at that office, they were only able to offer part-time employment. And so as much as I was enjoying that, I was also working part-time at the Northampton Community Music Center, where I had studied as a child and a teenager. That's a nonprofit organization that offers private lessons and group classes and um, that has choruses and things that you can participate in. And I had always um, been able to do that through the scholarship fund. And then, you know, as a teen, I was heavily involved in a solo vocal performance class for teens there and a couple of choirs and I would also you know sometimes I would volunteer because the the executive director just like knew that I was like a real one that came through all the time and he was like you seem like you would be helpful and I'm like yeah that's me like sure um and so when I because you're very reliable yeah yeah definitely thank you yeah and so when I graduated from HCC that was like that was a job offer that came to me And he was like, it's only part time. It would just be administrative work. Like, but are you interested? And I was like, absolutely. So I put in an application and we talked about it. And so I was working again. I was working part time at the doctor's office and part time at um, at the music center. And I felt like very grateful to like leave behind like retail and um, food service for a minute. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Because I was like, my dogs are tired. I need to sit down. I need to like do work that is like not going to be so fast paced and not going to be like reliant on people screaming at me. Um, not that that was always the case with the work that I did, but you know, it came up more often than it did working in an office job. I'll tell you that. Um, but then, um, I think like nine months into working both of those jobs, um, the music center was able to offer me a full-time position. And so, 
I like I remember like weeping at the doctor's office being like I really love working with you and like if I could stay I would but like and and they're like it's okay we understand and they're like I'm like yeah because I haven't been offered a full-time position with like health insurance and a, and a retirement they're like, plan like, and they're like go they're, they're like, like just just quit <laughs> they're like they're like we've really loved working with you and yeah. I'm like still Facebook friends with all of them but yeah. yeah exactly but it was like my first time like leaving a job that I actually liked and yeah. that like I could have seen myself staying in and progressing in and so that was tough but it was also exciting to be offered a full-time position and I went from being the administrative assistant to the registrar so I was able to like grow in responsibilities and work at the music center but then by the same token I was there for nearly five years and like at a certain point because it's such a small nonprofit, there wasn't much room for growth beyond that so I was like okay I could either stay here or make a lateral move into a similar sort of office job and like I love the mission of this organization I love that I'm surrounded by music and like people of all different ages that are getting to engage in music like and when I tell you that I could <laughs> scream at how cute, like, the four-year-olds playing quarter-size violins cute. are, like... Yeah. And then you there was know, also... I played mm-hmm. the, um, how do you call that in English? The flute? Yeah, but the one, not the this one, but this one. Yeah, flute. So there's, like, wait. But in German, there's a different name for that kind of flute. Because it's, like, to the side. Yes. A piccolo? Like, a smaller one? No, no. It's, no. A bi- it's like, a bigger... The one that... Isn't that what Lizzo plays? Yeah, it's a flute. Oh, it's just I called a flute. Okay, in German there are different names for this kind of flute. You know the like a recorder or a saxophone. You no, know, you a... have a flute like that goes down like this, or a flute that goes to the side like this. Oh, those are two different kinds of flutes. I don't know about this kind of flute. The the this the, is the what, one that goes down. Not yeah, the one that, people yeah. in like students in Germany they learn that in school this one, not okay. the other one. But I was very little. This is great, like, great pantomiming right. for a podcast. Right? I was People like, like, oh, this one, not that one. This I know one what you're talking goes about. down and the other one goes to the, to the side. side. But when I do this, this, the down thing, I don't know, it's just a little weird. So I don't want to describe how it looks like. No, you're <laughs> doing like, fine. <laughs> it's like, I don't know how this could be interpreted. You're doing great. No. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, I was I was learning that as a little kid. That just reminded me of you seeing the four year olds. Yeah. But I quit like so easy. It was so hard. I was like, ah, it's cool, but not that cool. It's well, it's hard. It, it requires so much diligence and like family support and like re- and yeah, it's a practice lot. at a pr- young right, age. Practice, yeah. Exactly. Like when I was in elementary school, I was in a program that offered violin lessons and and like cello lessons and stuff. So I did that in fourth and fifth grade. But I didn't keep up with it after that. Like, and mm. I barely kind of I like did it to do it in class but I like and I loved music but that was like not my way of knowing how to engage with it so it's just like me um but yeah so so I loved my time at the music center but then I was also just like there's only so much further I can go with this and my coworker at the time was applying for grad schools and I was like is this something that I should be thinking about and then like those conversations that I had had at HCC started to come back to me those ideas of like well you know, like you should look at schools in the area. There's a lot of great ones. Like you happen to be lucky to be in an area that has so many great schools. So even if you don't want to go far away, you could apply. And specifically Smith and Mount Holyoke had come up as like they have non-traditional programs. It would be a full scholarship. Like what you mm. doing? And I remember at that point I reached out to Irma Medina, who is a staff person at HCC, who is specifically a transfer specialist. And I was like, hey, girl, I know I haven't been here for like five years. But um, could you offer any advice or support? Um, now I'm thinking about transferring. And she was like, yeah, come through. Like, I'm, I'm offering a workshop. Like, if you're free, come to that and whatever, whatever. And so she was so helpful. And, like, everybody, like, you can talk. To, there's so many ADAs that have transferred from HCC. 
And, like, all of them will tell you that Irma is, like, such a phenomenal support and, like, just, like, a force of nature. She's so knowledgeable and she, like, will root for you and she'll help you get to the next step. And I, I love that she's able to do that, like, years yeah. after you finish. Literally. It was, like, and yeah. there was no question of, like, well, you're not technically a student anymore. It was just, like, yeah, come. And mm. so I attended those workshops that she did and I got advice from her. And she even... We even set up a mock interview. So, like, when it was time, I applied to both Smith and Mount Holyoke's programs. And when it was time to, like, start scheduling those appointments, she was like, yeah, let's do a mock interview. I'm happy to do that. And she gave me wonderful feedback and reassurance and encouragement. Um, and, yeah, like, she is the reason that so many people managed to get up onto higher education because she just, like, knows the ins and outs of the process and she's so supportive. So, um Then I had, then I got my acceptance letters to both schools and I was like, now what do I do? How do I choose? Like I had been really flattered and wooed by Mount Holyoke in a way that Smith College never did. Hmm. Um, what did I, they do? They were like, come visit the school. We have a day specifically dedicated to transfer students and Francis Perkins per, uh, students, yep. perspectives, students who like there's, here's a schedule of all the classes that you can come visit. Here's a lunch. Like here's a chance to connect with current transfer and Francis Perkins students. And it was like a beautiful moment of like networking and like all of the staff and the administrators were like, we want you here. We want to see you succeed. We're excited to work with you. And I was like, me? Okay, thank you. <laughs> I don't um, remember that, but mm -hmm. I, I was accepted also in their program. But I do remember the interview being very nice. Yeah, and the yeah. person that I talked to, I remember that interview more than the Smith interview. Oh, actually. no, absolutely. Yeah, I, uh, oh my God, I'm blanking on her name right now. But it was the head of the, the Francis Perkins program. And she led the interview and she was so warm and she knew how to engage in a conversation that made it feel conversational and not like she was just grilling me. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then I remember my my the, first of all, there I didn't I wasn't made aware of slash. I, I don't know if I just like missed the memo or like just didn't know to, where to look for this information on the website. <laughs> But like there was no like day to come visit Smith at the time. And this was before the pandemic had actually hit. I was like applying in 2019. Um But I remember I went in for my interview and it was like a perfectly nice person, but she didn't know much about the Ada Comstock program. She, <laughs> which is a little weird to which be is honest, weird to, yeah. uh, to interview an Ada Comstock scholar. And yeah. then, and like, she was like, oh yeah, you can, I guess you can email Sid if you have further questions. And she did give me Sid Dalby's yeah. um, business card, who was at the time the head of the program. But it was just, it was bizarre. And she asked me a grand total of three questions, like count them on your fingers, three questions. And that was it. She was like, Oh, what was your high school experience? I'm like, how is this relevant? I am <laughs> like in my late 20s. Like high school was a minute ago. It's like, um, lady, this is not relevant right, right? now. Right. And then, yeah. you know, and she asked two other questions. And What's then, your favorite color? No, I'm just kidding. No, of course, but like, that's not how it is. You know, and I think just like, why, like, why do you want to come to school? And why do you want to come to Smith College? Like mm -hmm. the boilerplate, like jumping off point questions that are like, sure, that should be included in an interview. But those should not be the only questions that get asked. And granted. As you can tell, I can ramble on and on. Don't get me wrong. But I feel like an engaging conversation asks some follow-ups, shares some personal anecdotes, whatever it is, you know. Um, and she just, like, didn't have any of that. And then at the end, she was like, oh, well, you're you're a local. So, like, you must not have any questions, right? And I was like, girl, no, I have questions. Like, I'm low income. I'm technically not first gen. But, like, based on my family experience, like, I, like, essentially I am. My mother is an immigrant. She went to school. She had to drop out. She managed to finish school when... I was a baby, like just bringing me in a bassinet to classes. But then her health issues precluded her from actually getting a job in her career or in her career path from her her education. And she never got higher ed than a bachelor's degree. 
Um, not to say that that isn't an accomplishment in and of itself, especially her taking a break and having to come back to it as a single parent. Um, but so like my conception of school, like I never got to tour colleges or like the things that a lot of students here at Smith get to do, um, when they come from more privileged backgrounds, like, the, like I just didn't have concepts of, and like, I didn't, I was so anxious and felt so much on the outside of higher learning, even though I knew I would be capable at it, that I was like, I don't even know how to begin approaching researching this. And I remember like I had friends back when I was high school age that would be like, do you want to come with us? We're going to do like a road trip down to New York state to like look at this college you're welcome to come with us and so like so so that was a blessing right like that gave me some glimpse of like what looking at colleges as a young person was but like I didn't have any of that support from my family because my family wasn't able to offer that and so I was like I do have questions about Smith College I do have questions about being a Mm. non-traditional student in this setting so yeah so long story short Mount Holyoke wooed me and Smith sort of felt like an awkward like it was very much the energy was like Mount Holyoke was like, we love you. We support you. Come join us. And Smith was like, prove that you want to be here. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. And then, but then at the end of the day, when I was like comparing the financial aid packages and panicking because like I loved both schools and I could see the, the positives and negatives of both and largely a lot of similar positives, I was like, I need to go where the money is. And like Smith was able to offer me a much better package. They were both full scholarships. But Mount Holyoke was like, yeah, and then you can take out some loans to, like, live your life. And 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 Smith was like, and we'll give you a stipend to stay alive. And I'm like, ding, 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 <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Beautiful. No, I, I hear that. It was very similar to me. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't have the experience to come over here and to see both campuses. Mm-hmm. But I do remember that I had a great interview with Mount Holyoke. I do not remember my Smith interview mm-hmm. at all, actually, right. because it was also such a weird time. Yeah. Um, and it was only over Zoom or mm. Skype or yeah, something yeah. like that. And, yeah, the financial aid package at Smith was really incredible. Mm-hmm. So you got to do what you got to do. Ding, 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 Amen. ding, ding. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. So you were you were talking about that a little bit, how you didn't have the experience of touring colleges mm-hmm. and, you know, you always felt a little on the outside as a non-traditional aged student mm-hmm. how was the transition to actually start Smith College and I know it was during a pandemic but um, you can either talk about the pandemic or when you transferred to actually be on the campus mm-hmm. how was that adjustment for you to actually be here and be in the setting and be in the setting with a lot of traditional students mm-hmm. Um the first adjustment to starting college it was weird because it was the pandemic and it was our it was the first year that smith was offering entirely virtually and so it was like me in the little bedroom i had rented in florence and like i did feel really grateful that like because i was already a townie because i was already local there were some question marks that i didn't even have to factor in and i was like i can't imagine people like who are from overseas or from who are just like a different part of this country who like might have to like relocate here sight unseen and then like still not be able to be present in classes because we're all holed up in our bedrooms because we're quarantining. So I felt very grateful that like I knew enough to be like, I know where Smith College is. Like I used to live in an apartment that overlooked the athletic fields. And so it was like it was always in my vicinity. But I will say adjusting to classes, having had a five year break from college and like just trying to be like, I know that I'm a capable student, but like 
I haven't written an academic paper in so long and I have all of these doubts and like I'm even though it was on Zoom, I was really loving the classes. But then like all of the time in between was like this nebulous space where I was just like floating around like I could be doing work here or I could just stare at my bedroom walls because I am deeply depressed and confused by the current state of the world. (laughs) Yeah. I just looked like Octo Dad right now while you were explaining this. (laughs) It was that. It was not quite as like ferocious as his movements can be. Yeah, exactly. Um, Do you want to explain to the listeners (laughs) what Octo Dad is? (laughs) After that, we were, um, Adriana and I are both in a class with an amazing professor who had us play the game Octodad, where you are an octopus trying to pass as a human and you have to do everyday tasks like making coffee or mowing the lawn and you're trying not to get killed by a sushi chef. And yeah, it's yeah. just the control of the game is you having to like navigate your environment while flip flopping through <laughs> through space, basically. <laughs> and that's what Adriana was doing right now. Yeah, <laughs> perfectly said. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah. So so yeah, the first year was weird, but I I will say I felt very glad. I wasn't sure you know, what I was ultimately going to major in. I had thought that I was going to come in and do music and then realizing that on Zoom it was going to be really difficult. And also, I think the music department here has a lot to offer, but a lot of... And they're reckoning with, like, trying to update the curriculum and be more inclusive. But ultimately, a lot of music in college settings, even if it's not a conservatory that is just about that, it's still very formal. And because I wasn't able to get consistent education specifically in music training growing up like it trying to approach it as as an adult not that it's not possible but it's like it takes it sucks some of the joy out of it for me where it's like I know that I love singing and I know that like I don't have enough proficiency to feel like comfortable and confident in this and I could like bust my ass and get to like a like a higher level of proficiency but also doing it for a grade is going to make me panic about it instead of just feeling like I'm learning something and I'm enjoying gaining new mastery, you know? Yes. Um, so then I was like, well, maybe sociology because I had loved taking those social classes at HCC. But at the time, like not to roast the social department either. But I think everybody was so burnt out. And like with how <laughs> the pandemic was going for every department. <laughs> but like I would email people and be like, hi, like I'm an Ada Comstock scholar. I've just transferred in. I'm interested in potentially being declaring a social major and I would love to talk to you about the possibility of of you being my advisor like if we could set up a meeting on zoom or whatever (laughs) nobody would email me back and I'm like is it me and then I'm like no it's probably just that like everybody is freaking out and like so overburdened in the pandemic but by the same token I was like well maybe it's maybe this is not for me and I took a social class just to get a sense of like well this would knock out a requirement if I do this major and also give me a sense of if this is something that I want to pursue and I enjoyed the class, but I it sort of like hit me that I'm like, I need to do something that feels like more open and creative. And this is the kind of thing where it's like, I want to read the work of excellent sociologists that are able to convey this information in a way that is accessible to people. But I don't want to be the person who is crafting these studies and analyzing these studies and all of that. Yes. So then I was like, okay, now what? So then I was like furiously typing and looking (laughs) through the course catalog and trying to figure out what I would want to do. And I was like, maybe the theater department. But there were some prereqs that I was just like, 
this is not it. Like, this is not filling and my again, heart with joy. And again, it was in the pandemic and right. under, over Zoom, you know, there's just a distance to the right. theater department also because, you know, it's just not the real deal doing right. it over the computer. Yeah. And, and like, at the time, we had no sense of, like, when things would be back in person. And so it's like, what could I what could I do that would be engaging and interesting and, like, hit a number of my different interests but allow me to do something? But, yeah, so I was looking at the different course requirements and when I like sort of like tentatively like wandered over to the film and media side of things. I was like, oh, oh, okay. Literally all of these classes sound fascinating to me. Let me guess. You emailed Jen and Jen emailed back right away. That helped too. Yes. I will say that. Is- and I don't even know the story and I just know Jen is so on Amen. top of things. Yes. That, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. And I love that. Yeah. And it was also fun because when I was first thinking about coming to Smith, I had emailed Jen specifically because I was like, oh, you were featured on my favorite podcast and I'm thinking about coming to Smith and I just wanted to say hi because I also love Buffy the Vampire Slayer. (laughs) Um, They were featured on Buffering the Vampire Slayer. They were talking about like death and mortality as it was presented in the show. And I just thought they had like really interesting things to say. And I was like, oh, this is so cool that this is like a local connection. Um, And then when it was time to like actually like settle down and declare my major, I was like, hey, I don't know if you remember that one time that I emailed you (laughs) randomly out of the blue, but like I'm emailing you again. And like, would you maybe be my advisor? As a fan. (laughs) (laughs) That one time when I emailed you as a fan, (laughs) I made you a sign. Um, Oh my God, stop. Um, But yeah. And so basically they were like, I would be so happy to meet with you. And then we had this conversation. They're like, it sounds like you've had interest in this arena, but you've sort of been orbiting it. And yeah, I would be happy to like welcome you to the department and be your advisor and like I would also recommend that you talk to our production professor because like if you're wanting to go more in that direction they would have more information there but you know otherwise like just to get the paperwork rolling and if it feels like a good fit like absolutely and I was like oh phew um but even before so I so I signed on to be a major in that department having taken no classes in the department I was just like here we go I gotta pick something now because I've got limited credits left Um, But I will say even just the year on Zoom that I spent sort of exploring, I took some really phenomenal music courses that were like music history, music composition. I took that social class. That was really interesting. Which one was that? I took a social class. Um, I took intro. Qualitative methods with Recuber. Okay, no. Um, Yeah, it was an interesting, well, interesting course. We'll talk more about it. Um, But uh... (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited for that conversation. (laughs) Um. No, like genuinely an interesting class, though. But but I also took Italian classes and I got really lucky that we had like a really like when all the other classes were like people zoning out and staring off into the middle distance on Zoom <laughs> or, or just, just turning their cameras <laughs> off. I was about to say, like, turning their cameras off. I always felt on Zoom like I was one of the only people talking. Oh, yeah. And I sometimes same. I was just like in front of the computer. I was like. Nobody's saying anything. I feel so bad for the professor. <sighs> yes. I have to say something. And yes. I was one of the people Mm -hmm. and that wouldn't have been me in high school ever I would have never done that but I never turned my camera off Mm -hmm. and I I think after the first semester I was like oh my god this is exhausting Mm -hmm. to like stare into this and feeling watched the whole time so yeah yeah no I bet we were doing the same thing in different classes literally yes um but the one thing that was noticeable was my Italian classes we just happened to have a crop of students who were really engaged and excited to participate and even with the difficult circumstances of studying on Zoom, like everybody, like pretty much everybody showed up every day and like had their camera on and was willing to engage. And so like, I'm still in touch with some of those people, even though like I'm not any part of the department, like I still am like, ah, hey, Sarah, how you doing? Ah, Vittoria, ciao, da, 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 you know, like, mm. um, and it felt like 
you know, even as isolated as I was, those were a couple of classes that I could rely on. And I also participated in a couple of clubs like the Spitfire Poetry Club. It was all virtual at the time. And it like brought me so much joy because it was like such a like friendly, supportive, sweet environment to just like share poetry and just like chat. And yeah, so there were a lot of things that even though the first year was really tough, it was still very rewarding. And then once we were able to come on campus, um, again, like having had a little bit of, of familiarity with with Smith as somebody who lived around town, um, that gave me like some sense of relief and it, there was still a steep learning curve. Like I was just like, where do I go? Like, where are my classes and what is it like to be in person? But it's honestly just been a joy to like get to connect with people. Like I just, now that I'm in my senior year, I'm already getting, like, I still have another semester to go, but I'm already getting like nostalgic about the experience that I'm having right now where I'm like, oh, I just ran into Sadie and then I just ran into Mars and then I just ran into this person. We just like had cute conversations about Punam and I saw, you know, like, and Ashley and, da, 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 and just like, like you run into so many beautiful, friendly faces, even if they're masked and you only see half their face. And it's like so nice to be able to share that space and to be crossing paths and to know that we're all working on our individual classes or projects or work studies or whatever, but we're all, we're all just like on campus together. And that's really lovely. Yeah, I think that's really interesting because um, I usually ask people who have been on the podcast so far how it is for them to be in classes with traditional students. But I think it is very clear. Maybe it's because I know you, but mm -hmm. also what you have described just now, mm -hmm. how well you integrate yourself into the community of also traditional students. Stop crying. I'm, I'm not, not saying anything. Why are you casting aspersions? <laughs> I'm not crying. <laughs> I had a sweet little smile on okay, my face well, you know, I because I was people cry. appreciating your very kind words. Continue. No, no, no. I'm just a cry when somebody else cries. I'm like, this I'm is not, not what I'm yet, doing, girl. No, I'm just saying like yeah. that you are very good at integrating yourself into a community. And I don't think that question is actually appropriate for you because you... All I heard right now, what you were describing is how you put yourself into positions, into clubs, into classes, how you have like so sincere, genuine interest in people and you talk to them. Mm -hmm. So I think for you, that transition sounds as the the problem really was the pandemic mm -hmm. that you were not able to do this socially, but right. not so much of you not feeling like it just sounds like there's not a disconnect between you being an Ada Comstock scholar mm -hmm. and there being so many traditional students because yeah. you seem very well adjusted to that. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I think part of that is also like, I think both of us are kind of lucky in that we're sort of in that in-between stage where we're like, we're too old to be young, but too young to be old. And so like, yeah. while sometimes there's moments of tension and like disconnect, I think by and large, we're young enough to be able to relate to the traditional students And we're also old enough to, like, be able to sit in our own identities a little more comfortably and also to relate to our professors and to relate to other Ada Comstock scholars who are around our age or older than us. Um, and I think also, like, there's a real privilege to being an Ada Comstock scholar in that, like, right now in this time of my life, I'm not having to constantly panic about money in a way that, like, I, I have had to my entire life. Um, and so like that is a relief, even if I'm like worrying about the next deadline and also like I'm single and I don't have children and that like also affords me a level of freedom where it's like I get to engage in the student body and the and the offerings on campus in a way that like some of our fellow Ada's that have these other commitments and like family ties um, like might sometimes still be able to participate in, but not to the same extent. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. I was thinking about that a lot, too, because I do sometimes, like, when I can hang out with traditional students or go to their parties. Right. So, you know, not every weekend. Mm -hmm. And I'm always happy to be invited and, yeah. you know, participate. But also, it's just like we can float a little bit in between, which yeah. is really nice. Totally. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Mm -hmm. Is there, I, I mean, I have to ask you is there anything even though you have tried so many things already on campus mm -hmm. that you are still looking forward to in oh, your yeah. last semester at Smith oh yeah totally um <laughs> I knew you would have a list <laughs> well oh good lord sorry I'm just like keep knocking the table um no I, you know I don't know if I have a specific thing that immediately comes to mind but I just feel like every time I try something on campus I'm like huh that was so cool <laughs> you know like this semester is my first semester living on campus and I was like, why not try a one credit dance class? Like just for funsies, you know, <laughs> like before I lived on campus, I'm like, I'm not commuting to get my ass to an 8 a.m. class. It's not happening. Like it's not happening. It's like for an 8 a.m. dance class. No, but it's yeah. like if I can roll out of bed and walk five minutes to this class, like, let me try it. And I'm so <laughs> glad that I did. I'm really enjoying it. And I'm like, by no means a dancer. Um, but but I'm enjoying this dance class. And um, and it's like an opportunity that like, again, being on campus and like, you know, being in person and being able to try something out like that. I'm just like, it's not something that I would normally think to do necessarily, but like while I'm here, why not? Um, Makes yeah. me think of the um, beginning ballet class that mm. I took over Zoom. Mm. That was an experience in itself. <laughs> Wait, I, I need more about that. That sounds amazing. <laughs> no, it just made me think of when you were saying dance class. And I was like, I always wanted to try ballet when I grew up. Mm -hmm. um, I remember my mom wanted to put me in ballet when I was younger. Mm -hmm. But one of her friends told her that I couldn't do it because my hair wasn't long enough. My mom would always, <laughs> you know, give me really fun haircuts. I don't know. And... I don't know. Maybe it was also because I wasn't skinny enough or, you know, I don't know. That's just yeah. a thing with ballet and dancing in general. Yeah. So now college age two years ago, I was mm -hmm. like, fuck all of this shit. I'm going to do ballet. Hell yeah. You yeah, know, and I you. was just like in my little New York City apartment and doing <laughs> ballet over Zoom. And it was just it was chaotic. Yeah. It was really fun. The professor was she was so amazing. Mm -hmm. But it's just chaotic piece of cameras and, you know, like. Right following dance moves which part of your body are you filming while dancing like is it just the feet or is it your face or well, you know well, and also it was Zoom, just like where you're in a, or like if you're in a, in a, a box and yeah and yeah. a new york apartment bedroom where you're like i've got three feet to sidle to the left and to sidle couldn't to the right the, couldn't do all the cool jumps that yeah. i was no 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 no, I, no, no leg I'm... swings without hitting the cabinet <laughs> you know <laughs> no yeah um, so that's good. You decided to do that in person instead yeah. of on Zoom. Mm -hmm. That was still a fun experience. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, there's a bunch of things. I don't know. And also everything that I've gotten to do in the theater department, like I've gotten to premiere original writing. I've gotten to direct other people's original writing. I've got to gotten to do sound design. Um, like, yeah, I can't say enough good things about both HCC and Smith's theater departments and the opportunities for hands-on stuff. So that's always been fun. Um, I don't know. I just feel like I'm very much ready to be wrapping up my time at Smith just because like I'm tired of like the grind of like constantly working and and trying to achieve. And I'm very proud of what I've done. But I'm also just like, oh, I could take a break, too. But like by the same token, I'm like, I could stay here for another 10 years and like still not even scratch the surface of all the amazing opportunities and like different classes and, and departments that I could get involved with. Um, so like there's a little part of me that has like that FOMO of like, oh, like what else could I try if I could be here longer? And there's another another part of me that's like, I'm glad to be like wrapping up this journey and thinking about 
whatever's going to come next, you know? No, yeah. How are you feeling? Do you feel like you've gotten a chance to, like, take advantage of things? I know this is your last semester. Yeah, I think I actually have tried a lot of things, too. I know, I mean... Uh, I don't know how to describe that, but every time I see Adriana, Adriana's running from A to B to C and is doing like 50 million things more than me. But I, you know, I think I've taken advantage of a lot of things. And the beginning when um, I came to campus, I was like, I played field hockey for 15 years. Mm. So I was like, wow, I have a field hockey team. How cool. So I did all the paperwork. I did everything. I went to one practice. It was, don't even ask, it was miserable because I haven't played in so long. <laughs> the people are this, the field hockey team, it smells like the sweetest team yeah. ever. They were so welcoming, mm -hmm. so nice. But I was like, ooh, I guess that train has left the station. It's not my time to do field hockey right. anymore. But I tried that, um, which was really fun. I went, you know, I, I went swimming. I w tried mm -hmm. dancing. Mm -hmm. I tried... Um, well, I try. I signed up for every club on campus, but didn't really go to any. It's like know. the running club sends me emails every I, week, I, and I I'm went, like, "You guys have to unsubscribe me. You make me feel bad that I don't participate." I went to the club fair this at the beginning of the semester, and I knew it was a mistake. Partly, I went because like I was part of a club, and I was like, "Oh, I'll go there to like be friendly." you know and like welcome new potential members but then i did the thing where i like went and i walked around all the tables and i was like oh what a fun display you have sure i'll add my name to your email yeah. list and now it's like i just have to like put so many emails in my like archive because i'm like i can't i can't attend 73 clubs i'm sorry i know and i signed up for like everything yeah. cheerleading yeah. ice hockey <laughs> um roller skating mm -hmm. everything there is archery did you sign up for the yeah archery of course i oh yeah that was another thing that i tried when i came to campus last september i went horseback riding uh, for a day and i was uh, like on a horse and like riding around and i was like what am i doing wind through your hair yeah the horse was like going crazy and i was like you know i'm i, I know what i'm doing but also not that much mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so you know i was like i tried it once it's fine i don't want to do it again um so yeah i think what i regret a little bit and it's not so much of a regret because I do understand why, mm -hmm. but I wasn't really involved with the theater department, even though I'm a theater major. Mm -hmm. I wish I would have been in a production yeah. um, because I think that's the thing that always like gets you closer to a department. Totally. If you have like a project that you're really involved in. Mm -hmm. But there was just a disconnect for me um, when the pandemic hit. Yeah. And I was a theater major in community mm -hmm. college and then the pandemic and just the crisis of me like transferring everything I was like oh I can't deal with right. theater on zoom and I did actually attend um, a workshop with a casting director mm -hmm. while we were on zoom and it was me sitting in my Brooklyn apartment um, I had somebody in the room while I was giving a monologue and I was just like I was just like and then there was a glitch <laughs> and the you know the monologue didn't hit and I was just like oh this is not it I just need to take right. a step away. So yeah. I think I wish I would have done more in the theater department, but also I think the theater department has to give more credits for being part of a theater production. Mm -hmm. So there were problems with that where I was like, I cannot spend that much time doing this um, and not get for credit, no credit for it just yeah. because I, you know, I have also my film department and right. blah, 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 and do other things. So right. yeah, I think that was one thing that I wish I would have done a little bit more. But other than that, I... I tried out a few things. Mm -hmm. I went to some some cool basement parties, you know. Mm -hmm. I think I tried mm -hmm. out the social life too. Yeah. I went to Amherst. I did all the, the mm -hmm. fun stuff. So, yeah.
Nice. Definitely. Thank you so much oh, for you, being Anne. here. You so were, nice to I be feel here. like while you were telling your sandwich stories <laughs> and everything else, <laughs> I was like, you know what? Maybe I should like record a few short stories with you yeah. and like put them into the episodes like commercials. <laughs> Isn't that? And now for something completely different. Yeah. yeah. An Adriana commercial. Just a <laughs> random story. I oh, my God. You always have something great to tell. So. Oh, and thank you so much. You too. <laughs> you don't have to say No, that. it's true. No, you make me laugh all the time. Oh. Yeah, my mom said I should become a comedian. <laughs> Listen, I'm just saying. No, truly, like, you are one of the people who... More than I think, maybe more than anyone else at Smith has like reminded me to just like chill the fuck out. <laughs> you're just like Adriana. If you're not having fun, what are you doing? And you're like, oh, let me let me <laughs> let me factor that into my brain for a minute. Like, oh, Anne's right. I gotta I gotta just like enjoy myself. And because like not that I'm not enjoying all the work that I'm doing, but then like when I'm doing so much, then I'm like scrambling or running around, or sometimes I'm doing things out of a sense of obligation over a sense of yeah. You definitely don't know how to say no. I I, ha- I did say you you nice you you became a little bit better. Thank but, you. you know Thank you. you know you're very diplomatic and you're yeah, like that's true. Yeah, sometimes you just gotta do what you gotta do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Some and if that's like hitting on snooze and then like forgetting the alarms, that's fine too. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I got at the end of it somehow. Yeah. So yeah. you will a hundred percent make it to the finish line. Thank you. Yeah. Really amazingly. My dream is that next semester I'm just gonna like take it easy i don't know how that's we gonna know that's out. not gonna happen listen i thought I, this whole year it was gonna be me taking it easy and then i was then it has not been that and then the theater department asks you one thing to do and you're like actually yeah let me do the sound design and the costumes and everything mm. see no i see at the end of last semester they did ask me to do sound design when i was also starring in another production <laughs> and i was like actually i don't think i'll have the time but thank you for the oh. offer so i said no good job yeah thank you so much good job so <laughs> again thank you so much thank you and Ryan. Yeah, if you want to hear more from Adriana, Adriana is always welcome back on the podcast. Oh, thank <laughs> so you. So just leave a comment and say, Adriana, Adriana. Amazing. <laughs> Hi. Hi.